You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How will the Cowboys look coming out of the bye week? Well, we'll find out on Sunday at noon. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys. My man, Tom Rao, your boy, Roy White, and we welcome you in to get riled up on the Cowboys with us as they return off of their bye week. And Tom, about the best news we could have got for the Cowboys coming out of the bye week as we start things off with a little bit of newsworthiness, and that is the fact that this injury report is as clean as anyone can remember around this time of the year for this football team. That that is excellent. You want to see the team healthy after the bye week. This is really good. You know, we still have the guys that have gone on IR, which is always, you know, very unfortunate. But, you know, hopefully Leighton Vandresh is not going to be there much longer. And it, you know, we got to hope they can maintain the health because the healthy players mean so much down the stretch. It can make such a difference. Uh, in general, the more injuries you have, the harder it gets going down uh, towards the playoffs. So, yeah, that's very good to see. And they even got news that their running backs coach and run game coordinator, Jeff Blasco, is back off of his medical leave of absence he's been on all season. So, that's another little positive. Uh, they've certainly struggled with the running game. Maybe he can start getting some things back on track. Maybe the offensive line can get their coordination together, their their teamwork down better because they seem like they've been a little bit ragged uh, with the two games they've had together. But, yeah, it's now we're looking at the buys over. We've seen about a third of the season. We still are not sure what this team is because it seems to be different from week to week. And the first test up is uh, the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams, to me, are a bit of an enigma themselves, Tom. I'm not sure if we know what they truly are, as at times they have looked like they could be amongst one of the better teams in the NFC, perhaps a resurgent Rams team that just a few years ago was winning a Super Bowl on the arm of Matthew Stafford and on the back of an extraordinary defense. Unfortunately, that defense has fallen quite a ways from there. Uh, this unit is largely mediocre based on the numbers that they've produced. Middle of the pack in both points allowed and points scored. From an offensive standpoint, you look at their rushing attack, you look at their passing attack, right at the middle of the road, slightly above middle of the road, but their defense, especially their run game, 20th in the league in terms of yards allowed per game. So there's a lot of things within this team that could maybe skew towards potentially being a lot worse as the season goes on for Los Angeles or potentially looking a lot better as maybe they start to gel 
how do you see the Cowboys matching up against this Rams team as we take a look at this matchup? And where do you think they can maybe take advantage? Well, I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that the Rams have a soft run defense, which means this could be a great time to start fixing some of the run game problems the Cowboys are having. Uh, I, I, I don't want to see the team overemphasizing the run, but you've got to have a functional run game and the ability to do some situational things there. Uh, so this might be a really good time for that to get together. Uh, I think if Dak Prescott can keep playing well, uh, you know, he's, he's cleaned up the turnovers except for the one blip he had in the game where everybody struggled against the 49ers. Uh, and, you know, we've got C.D. Lamb. It looks like he's, you know, caught fire now. Uh, Brandon Cook seems to be coming on. We're still crossing our fingers about Michael Gallup finding his game. But I think this is this is a winnable game. That's, that's an important thing, but they're going to have to get it right. And they're going to have to get after Stafford on defense. Uh, you know, they've... <laughs> they've got this uh, rather incredible rookie that you talked about. Why don't you kind of fill us in a little bit on that guy? Well, if, I mean, if you're living under a rock or you're not paying, playing fantasy football, because if you're, you know, if you're doing that, you definitely know who Puka Nakua is. The fifth round wide receiver that the Rams selected in this year's draft has come onto the scene and almost looked like an exact carbon copy of Cooper Cup. Both of them, 6'2 wide receivers, not necessarily small guys. You kind of, I feel like people think of Cooper Cup as a small guy, but he is a, a sizable wide receiver. And unfortunately, when the Cowboys matched up against the Rams almost a year ago to the day, Tom, it was October 9th of last year, they had no Dak Prescott and Cooper Cup and a stout defense was basically able to, to, to coast to a victory, right? Um, unfortunately, in that game, Cooper Cup, Kind of lit the defense up for seven catches and 125 yards, including an incredible 75-yard touchdown catch. Unfortunately for the Rams, they were never really in contention in that game. They led. They were not trailing in that game for a grand total of three minutes and five seconds. Otherwise, the Cowboys had the benefit of playing from ahead and playing with that game script, and the Rams had to play from behind. It scares me what the addition of Nakua brings to the table, knowing how much damage the Cowboys allowed Cooper Cup to hit them up for a season ago. And truth be told, if they're going to lose this game, it's probably going to be because one or both of these wide receivers for the Rams had a spectacular day. Yeah. And that's why I think the pass rush for the Cowboys is going to be so crucial. They've not been getting a lot of sacks. They've been getting a ton of pressure, which has disrupted a lot of throws. And I think that has has to continue. They've got to be able to do that, uh, maybe get home some more as well. Uh, just keep Matthew Stafford from, from cutting them apart. You know, we can't let him slice and dice his way down the field. Without question. And that's where I think the Cowboys will have an opportunity here. Uh, looking at some of the statistics that Matt Stafford has produced, I think it's some areas that the Cowboys can't attack. 
Um, specifically, he is pushing the ball down the field. It might surprise you, especially when people kind of thought, hey, maybe his arm strength was waning a season ago. A lot of that probably due to the shoulder injury that he was dealing with. But this season, Matt Stafford is second only behind Jared Goff of the Lions for 20-yard-plus completions with 31. He also is third in the entire league in air yards. That is yards that are thrown through the air, right? The ball traveled through the air. Obviously, everything beyond that is yards after the catch. And it's important to make that distinction because it's this area where we can kind of get an idea of how they're trying to attack defenses. Matt Stafford also leads the league in average air yards per attempt. So all of this indicates that he is trying to push the ball down the field, that they are trying to stretch defenses vertically. And that also some other numbers suggesting that maybe he's he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long or waiting a little bit longer because also he ranks in the top 10 in sacks. He's eighth in sacks allowed. He's fourth in sack yardage allowed. So obviously not very mobile. We all know that he's a bit of a statuesque quarterback there anyway, but that also tells me that perhaps he's trying to drop back by himself some time for these longer developing routes to open up. So all of that suggests that if the Cowboys can provide a pass rush, right? If they can keep those receivers in front of them for the 2.68 seconds that Matthew Stafford is averaging to get rid of the ball this season, then they have a good opportunity to win this football game. In addition to that, Stafford can be wild. Uh, Now, I found these statistics in other like different places, Tom, and not all of them quite explain their methodology behind what they described as either a bad or a poor pass. But either way, through three different sources, Matt Stafford ranked in the bottom three in the league in most bad or poor passes thrown. At the same time, Pro Football Focus says that he is amongst the top five quarterbacks in least percentage of turnover-worthy throws. He's only thrown about 2% of turnover-worthy throws. So that tells me either, A, he's smart enough to be getting rid of the ball and perhaps just overthrowing guys, getting rid of the ball when it needs to be gotten rid of, or B, like maybe he is just kind of hucking and chucking it all over the place, and perhaps he's fortunate that more of them haven't been turnover-worthy, but maybe he's not taking as many risks as you know we might think. He yeah. has been. Maybe he's it may be a case of where he's able to make smart, bad throws. As in yeah. he throws a ball that's not catchable, but it's not one that's likely to get picked off as well. Which yes. is because on the surface, a, like one in every five throws is going to be yeah. off target. That doesn't mean one in every five throws is going to be turnover capable. Yeah. And it it's it's the kind of a game where you you hope that the uh, the cornerbacks for the Cowboys, uh, you know, Gilmore, Bland, and uh, Lewis, are going to be maybe getting a shot sometimes that they can, you know, they they've shown that they can pick people off. Bland is, you know, tied with, for the league lead, I think, or he was. I didn't check after the bye week uh, whether that his ranking shifted, but he's been doing very well. Uh, just an outstanding find for the Cowboys in the sixth round. Uh, Gilmore, we know about, you know, Lewis is going to have to certainly, you know, play up to his his best ball against this attack. Cause I mean, 
we're not really looking at the Rams as a big threat on the ground, are we? I think you have to respect their run game to a degree. Now, I would have said that a lot more were Kyron Williams still healthy. He was another player that they found in recent drafts and turned on the Jets early on this season, but he got hurt two weeks ago. Since then, this past week, they turned to former running back who they brought up from the practice squad, Darrell Henderson, and Royce Freeman, who's a veteran journeyman. I think the last team he was with was the Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote me on that. Either way, it doesn't appear that their run game is extremely formidable. Those guys look decent the last week, but the Cowboys should have the weaponry available to to affect the run game, right? To effectively shut it down. And that's exactly what they did a season ago in this matchup. They held Cam Akers to 33 yards on 13 carries. Again, granted, I mentioned the game script before. Rams were playing behind that almost that entire game. So perhaps they didn't run it as much as they could have. It was a close game, though, relatively the season ago and and the Cowboys still held on the big thing though from that game that I don't think you can take into this one is that they forced three turnovers and one of which turned into a touchdown you can't anticipate you're going to get that type of performance again yeah I I definitely think that the the key matchup when the Cowboys are on defense is the pass rush against that time that Stafford is taking the throw if they can keep him from having that time I think they can keep the uh, the Rams' offense throttled enough that that, that they won't uh, have to worry about getting in a big hole and having to climb out. And then offensively, it's just for the Cowboys to 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 bring the good things they've been doing forward and improve on the bad things, which you know basically bring forward the the, the passing game. Maybe get the tight ends a little more involved than they were against the Chargers, and and get some running game going, you know, get, get a little bit more production that way. I'd like to be hopeful and say, Tom, that I need to see some adjustments and and wrinkles to Mike McCarthy's offense, but I'm remiss to say that I don't have any confidence that this offense is going to look any different coming out of the bye week. Um, I still am up in the air on that as to whether or not that's a good or a bad thing. I read a, great quote from Kevin Stefanski who is the head coach of the Browns currently and was asked about the fact that he's now got to start PJ Walker the backup quarterback over to Sean Watson for a second time and his quote basically paraphrased here was that as a head coach if you don't cater your offense to the skill set of your quarterback you are failing at your job and I'm in a place, Tom, six six games into the season that I'm not sure if this offense is catered to the best of Dak's abilities. Yeah, I I can't disagree with you. Uh, So we're also going to be watching to see what Mike McCarthy is doing. Did he learn something? Did he figure something out during the bye week? Or is he just going to plow stubbornly ahead, Uh, which would be – I guess a little alarming if he does. Well, does he have anything to exploit in regards to the Rams? He's had two weeks, Tom, Mm -hmm. two weeks to go to the cabin, right? Uh, Fire up a log and watch the film all day and night in the woods that he Mm -hmm. claims to love doing. So with that, and in respect to that, 
right? I watched that game against the 49ers between the Vikings and the 49ers, and I see Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell come out with a game plan that literally figured out a way to break the Niners' defense. Now, I don't necessarily need Mike McCarthy to have those answers, but I sure would like to see some kind of answers, something that exploits a weakness in an opposing defense. And I don't think we've seen that yet. I think the touchdowns that we've seen, the scores that we've seen up to this point have by and large been due to the quality and the ability of the players executing those plays and not the scheme itself. Yeah, the the scheme needs to fit those qualities better. And right now we have no reason to believe it's going to. So we'll have to see how this turns out. Now, before the bye, we took a look back at the first six games uh, of the season and kind of recap that. So now that we're out of the bye, uh, I want to look ahead. We've talked about the the importance of the Rams game, and we needed to look at context. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, before the the Cowboys uh, went into play the Chargers uh, or had the Chargers come play, they – they were in a bad situation. It looked like they were going to be, you know, two games behind the uh, red hot 49ers and the Eagles and trying to scramble to even make sure they got into the playoffs and look how things have changed. The the 49ers and the Eagles have lost, you know, three out of the four games they played together there. The Cowboys are now tied with the 49ers in the lost column and only one behind the Eagles. And Mm. they have two games coming ahead against the Eagles. So Mm. they are literally in this, this situation where they could be kind of in control of their own destiny. If they win this game on Sunday, then if they can put a back-to-back win up against the Eagles in their first matchup with them, the Cowboys will be no worse than tied in the loss column for the division for, for the conference lead. And so, and then coming out of that, if, if they can do that, I don't know about the big if, but if they could manage that, then they've got three games that they really need to try to stack some more wins up before they hit the really hard stretch in December. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
Well, before we get to those games, I did just want to say the 49ers announced on Wednesday that Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. So after losing two straight and looking like they have lost the ability to find some answers in areas both offensively and defensively, potentially no Brock Purdy and maybe not Debo Samuel as well, who's still nursing an injury. The Cowboys could find themselves a game up on the 49ers after this weekend. And we thought they were dead to rights, as you said, before the Chargers game. Yeah. And and the Eagles certainly in losing to the Jets show that they are not a perfect and unbeatable team. So, you know, we'll have to see how those play out. But even let's say if they didn't beat the Eagles, it's still not completely a disaster because the, the next three games are against the Giants. We know what they did in week one against them. They're against the Panthers, who yet to win a game. And they're against the Commanders, uh, all three which have losing records total. Uh, you know, you'd think that this should be a stretch of games the Cowboys could string some wins back to back. Uh, you know, you'd think the Panthers would be the easiest one to predict. But if you look at the standings, you'll notice that the team that's next to last in the NFC is one Arizona Cardinals who only have one win, and we all remember who they got that win against. So we can't count any chickens before they hatch. The Cowboys have to take care of some business, and they need to take care of it. They need to basically, I think, over the next five games, they they just about really need to come out at least four and one. I'm not going to ask for a five and zero, oh, but they need to get a figure a way to get to four and one because then the the struggle gets real. <laughs> uh, they end November uh, with the Seattle Seahawks, who are at four and two, the same records the Cowboys have, and just somehow managed to be frisky. Uh, this year, no matter what's going on, uh, at times a little puzzling how they do that. Mm -hmm. Then they have the second Eagles game, the Buffalo Bills, who've kind of lost the luster, but they're still four and three. They still have a winning record. The Miami Dolphins, who also have kind of had a stumble, but are very potent offense, uh, one that worries me. I think they, they might be a tougher offensive matchup for the Cowboys defense because Tua seems to be getting the ball out pretty quick. <laughs> and then the Detroit Lions, the surprise, uh, you know, five and two team that's, that's contending right now to be in, in the, the hunt for that number one seed. Surprise indeed. But come back to earth a little bit, right? Like all these teams that no one looks as formidable as mm -hmm. they did before the Cowboys bye week. And I also think the, the schedule makers, not perhaps intentionally, although some may suggest it was, did the Cowboys a huge favor. We know there in November, they've always got that three games in 11 days stretch. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the Cowboys go Panthers, Commanders, and Seahawks. And two of those three games on the back end are at home. So I think that is 
extremely beneficial that the Cowboys are maybe taking on some of their lesser competition mm-hmm. in that area. Perhaps maybe a case for why they might overlook those opponents as well. But yeah. and we know how dangerous that can be, especially around here. But yeah. I love the way that the schedule laid out for them here as we enter the second half of the season. And then they get that little what they call the mini bye after that second Thursday game where the you know That's the right. schedule and makers and, off. and enough time to kind of prepare for the Philly Eagles rematch. Yeah. And and that's that's a that's a really you know we talked about help that extra few days to to you know let people heal up a little bit and the fact that the schedule makers scheduled their their Thursday night game the week following Thanksgiving so the Cowboys go into the game against the Seahawks with a normal week of rest. You know, even oh, though it's Tom, not and that's and that's three games straight at home. Also, Commanders, Seahawks, and Eagles, yeah. all at home. The latter two in prime time. So, like, if you believe there's you know any additional rest to be had during the day and playing a night game, hey, the Cowboys are benefiting from that as well. Yeah, I, what I think it's, I do think that these these two stretches, the 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 what looks like an easy stretch. And what looks like their hardest stretch of the whole season are are going to determine the season and leave weeks the week eighteen game against the Commanders uh, as probably meaningless. They may have to play to win just because of a, a playoff seeding situation. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say, but I think we're going to pretty much know at least where they stand pretty much for the the, the playoffs. And it's all, you know, it's all going to come down to what kind of progress are they going to make over the next few weeks? Uh, As we've talked, the Texas Coast offense is still very much a work in progress. And I'm not sure if Mike McCarthy just hasn't quite figured out what he wants to do with it or hasn't quite figured out how to make the pieces work. Uh, All eyes are definitely going to be on him. And, you know, we've, we don't want to just give Dan Quinn a pass because there were two games where his defense really kind of let the team down, uh, you know, against the Cards and the 49ers. So the coaching is going to be important. I'm glad to see that Blasco is back, and hopefully that's going to help on the offensive side. Uh, maybe him working with McCarthy on the, the Texas coast may – make a significant improvement. That's purely speculation. We've got to see this team really get its act together and start figuring out what it is and not just a case of us, let's see who runs out of the tunnel this week. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious then as we look at the second half of the season from you, and specifically those two blocks of games, right? Giants, Panthers, Commanders, Seahawks, one block. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, the other block. Okay? The first block, the combined records of those teams is 9-18. and 18, Yeah. Right? In the second block, the combined records of those teams is 20-8. and eight. The way it is set up, right? We got the tougher teams on the back end. 
if you could flip it, would you rather be facing those tougher teams there in that November block and have the weaker opponents to potentially set you right as you get ready for the playoffs, maybe give you that mental fortitude that you feel from it? Or do you like the way that it's set up as is that in reality, right, they'll have time to get themselves in ideally the best shape they can be as a football team. And then they'll truly get to test those talents, right? They'll truly get to test their metal against what I believe are all going to be four teams that wind up in the playoffs, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. I think I kind of stick with it the way it is, to be honest. Uh, I I would rather them play those tougher teams down the stretch because everybody's going to be dealing with the health issues. And we'll just have to see who's the healthiest. And so it may work out for the Cowboys. It may not. But I also don't want them having the the easy games going into the playoffs. I think the edge comes from playing tougher competition and seeing what you've got and figuring out what you have to do. I agree. I, I don't think there's a – I mean, like, if you lose to those teams there in November, there's not a whole lot of value to beating up on bad teams because you don't feel any better about facing those good teams. And if you play them in December and you wind up not – meeting up to the test or meeting up to the challenge well ideally you'll have another opportunity to be tested in that regard so yeah I, I agree with you i like the way that it's set up but i was curious on your take on that finally obviously tom before we record our next podcast the cowboys or excuse me the nfl's trade deadline will have come and went there are some rumors swirling around your dallas cowboys there's hopes of people perhaps that they might pursue the running back in Tennessee won King Derrick Henry as a potential option. I never thought there was a whole lot of juice to that because, hey, they have Tony Pollard. But I suppose philosophically I could make it work in my mind. Anybody else there? You know, Jerry said this week on, on the Cowboys radio home that uh, he wouldn't be picking up the phone to make any calls, which I honestly was appalled to hear. I don't think any GM – should ever make that statement publicly. I don't care if you're going to make, I don't care if you're intending to make trades or not. You shouldn't be telling me that you are not going to be working or having conversations with other GMs because there's a GM in your division that's actively doing it. And Oh, by the way, they traded with that Tennessee team and grabbed Kevin Byard for what many folks believe was next to nothing. Yeah. And I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to do anything. I don't know that I agree. They are, you know, they'd have to be almost be trading away players though. And I don't know what they've got. I saw rumors about Michael Gallup as possible trade bait, uh, which I don't know that he's in a position right now. Uh, Maybe if he goes off this Sunday, that would change the equation. But if he goes off then suddenly he's a piece you need. So I expect that this is not just going to come to nothing as it usually does. But you can't really say that. The Cowboys have been active in trades over the past year. Uh, I, like I said, I don't know how much of the draft they're willing to trade away. Uh, but by this time next week, we'll have an idea. <laughs> yeah, they do move in the shadows when it comes to trade conversations, though we didn't hear any 
real inkling of either the Gilmore or the Cooks deals before they took place. Now, obviously, we heard about the interest of Cooks the year before, but when the deal happened, there was no prior smoke before the fire lit up and obviously lit the Cowboys and, nation. And I would I would look more at, at the, the late season trade for Jonathan Hankins last year as the template that we might see, which is a needed part, not a real flashy part, but something people really didn't expect that they could get for a really good price. Uh, that would be the thing that I think would be most likely to happen, maybe for a linebacker. Maybe they find a good offensive line depth piece they think they need to grab. Maybe they get some cornerback depth. Uh, Like I said, I don't think it's likely, but that's the kind of thing that if it did happen, I think we might see. Indeed. Well, a lot of names that Cowboys fans would be interested in. The Denver Broncos are reportedly interested in having a fire sale and taking calls on the likes of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Patrick Sertain, who – we had, you know, some hots for way back then, Tom, <laughs> discussing yeah. him during the draft. So I, I don't know what it would take, but boy, I'd be interested in making that type of addition. So keep an eye out uh, there on the social medias as blogging at blogging. The boys will keep you posted. Any Cowboys trades that go down before the trade deadline, we will certainly be one of the first to have you covered. So make sure you're following that as well. Following Tom at Tom Ryle BTB. You can hit me up at RW3 there on the Twitter sphere, and we would love to hear your thoughts on the conversation. Get involved, uh, get connected with us. Make sure you chime in at bloggingtheboys.com as well, as we want to hear your thoughts on everything going on around your Dallas Cowboys. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>